listening to Purple 3 Cap, your place for 100% biased, 100% Minnesotan discussion about our purple. I'm your host, Carl Bates, joined as always by Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Prajapati. Well, the Vikes are back on the winning side of things after a great victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what of the playoff race? We'll break that all down as well as our reactions to the win at Jacksonville and, of course, much, much more. Stay tuned. It's an unnamed Monday in December, and your Minnesota Vikings just beat the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars 25-16, to a very inventive score from your Minnesota Vikings. And we have a bunch to talk about with that game, and also we'll, we'll talk about the playoff picture moving forward, but uh, we didn't get together after the Dallas game to break that down, so we well, have some final thoughts there. First of all, I am Quinn Jurgens here as always, joined by Nicole Perjapati and Carl Bates. So why don't we get things kicked off with that Dallas Cowboys game? A lot of people thought that these hapless Minnesota Vikings who have offensive linemen who can't tie their own shoes, I really hope now TJ Clemmings isn't listening to this and I don't ever run into him, but he's awful. They, they just People thought that Dallas was going to run in here and just steamroll us. They, they thought it would be an easy win. Des Bryant would go off. Zeke Elliott would go off. But did they steamroll us, Nicole? No, no, they did not, Quinn. They did not steamroll us. Yeah, it was only a it was only a seventeen to fifteen game where it was competitive. They eked it out. Eked it out. They zeked it they out. Zeked it out. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they um but it was a very competitive game for all sixty minutes. We had a lead for a good chunk of the game, and our defense for what I believe just printed the blueprint as to how to stop that prolific Dallas Cowboys offense. And I think it proved that Dak Prescott isn't that great of a quarterback. And if it were Dallas's competition this whole year too has not been great. Um they haven't played for I guess the one game that I really remember Dallas playing um is the Giants game. Earlier, yeah, not, not it was week one. Most, yeah, week one, and they lost in that one. And then I don't remember any significant opponents that they've played. To me, the really significant game that they had was when they went to Green Bay and won. And even though that was in the middle of the Packers' losing streak, it's never easy to go to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers, as they proved last night mm-hmm. or afternoon. Mm-hmm. But if it weren't for Adam Thielen dropping that punt um, in the fourth quarter and giving Dallas the ball on the eight, I think Minnesota wins that game. But unfortunately, you need a couple balls to bounce your way, and that just did not happen for the Vikings. And what 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 hurts in this game is you go into it expecting a loss. But Minnesota just gives you enough hope I mean, what do you expect, Quinn? Like, I mean, we have had years. This is not even like a season worth of torment. It's like years worth. It's generations worth. It's generations worth of Vikings giving you just that glimmer of hope when you're like, oh, baby, this is the year we're going to win the Super Bowl. 
then they shut the door on you. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather lose a game on a Matt Prater field goal or on a false start penalty on a two-point conversion? Yeah, that's nice. I'd rather I'd rather not be in those situations, <laughs> but but when you lose a game on a on a false start, Jesus, that's pretty <laughs> bad. And also for the record, Bradford was clobbered on the two point conversion with a couple of blows to the head, and that's why the ball sailed way over Rudolph's head. Yeah. So yeah, he, that was a clear face pass that that they missed, um, but. The, it's just the, the Vikings find so many ways to lose. Like I, there's so many different it's impressive. ways that like they found. Like uh, it's just it's incredible. It, I'm at a loss for words because we find so many ways. For me, the worst loss has to be the home loss against Detroit because it's saying you just scored a touchdown to go up, and then. The odds that they need to make it down <laughs> the 70 Vi- yards. <laughs> the Vikings had literally a 100% chance of winning that game. Like, if you look at the stats of that game, the, prob- <laughs> the probability had the Vikings at 100%. The only way that the Lions were on that was just in round-off error, meaning it was 0.001. Right. And Matt Prater had to kick a 58-yard <laughs> field goal. Which he nailed. <laughs> which he nailed, and it probably would have been good from 68. Right. They should have so, got the fans blowing. Yeah, uh, they should have opened up the gates. Can they do that? Is that uh, Technically, no, but ask for forgiveness, not for permission. There you go. That's yeah, Bill Belichick's uh, rule. Computer malfunction. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyway, so let's get on to this week where we went from playing the league's best to the league's worst. So, Carl, what happened in that Jacksonville game? Well, it was uh, it was another one of those Vikings games where the offensive line uh, fools you into thinking that they uh, can, can do a little bit of a job and we get some momentum on offense and start driving down the field, and then we can't convert the third down and we kick a field goal. And then that repeats itself uh, how many times? Like five times? five times? Only four. No, no. Well, well three. Yeah, no, it's four. Yeah, nice. But no, really, I mean, this, this game should <laughs> They were talking. Okay, let me just. The reason we're confused is because Fox at one point brings up the fact that the most combined field goals kicked by two teams was like se- nine. nine or something like that. So we're like well on our way to like hitting that record. And the reason we're confused is because it did not look like any of these teams wanted to get into the end zone at all. The whole game. And again, it, it just came down to the Vikings should have been really at put the game away handily. And they were the better team, but their inability to get in the end zone cost them again. Okay, I just want to say that the Vikings were losing to a team that got a delay of game penalty on a kickoff. How does that happen? The video How game does that happen? Madden does not even allow you to f- get a delay of game on a kickoff. That's like, how how incompetent of a team do you have to be to get a delay of game on I, a kickoff. Like, come on, man. That's even worse than the center having a false start. <laughs> it's like you're the guy on the ball. How do you jump <laughs> off sides? 
No, that that's how does the kicker do that? I don't I'm I'm still We're losing to this team. There's At no... that point we were losing to the Jaguars. And there's no good reason to like time waste or anything like that cuz the clock is stopped. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Mind-boggling, I tell you. Oh, oh, I yeah. tell you. So let's talk about uh, some of the key players missing or newer key players missing. Uh, players that were ruled out later in the week. Uh, well, of course, the big news was that Harrison Smith has been playing on a bum ankle for a number of weeks, and maybe he won't play again this season. Uh, Who what, play, what was his name? Anthony Harris. Anthony. That's his first name. And Anthony Harris, he he looked decent. You saw him running all of the same blitz packages that Smith usually runs. You saw him in Bortles' face a couple of times, but I think what it really forced them to do was leave those corners on an island much more than usual. Um, And I think that's one reason you saw Xavier Rhodes commit half a dozen penalties and almost get ejected. Uh, (laughs) He had a a very bad game. Um, I honestly thought when uh, he was, like, when he got that personal foul penalty, I thought that was his second one. And then later in the game, I saw him on the field, so I thought he snuck back on, <laughs> on the field. But yeah, he was he was hot. Like he was, I thought he was gonna punch a ref when he was walking off the field. But he had a terrible game. Just just a just garbage. Well, game. from a penalty standpoint, yeah, yeah the, penalty, the, the yeah. yards he allowed. He, well, he did not allow many yards. Right. Oh. Wasn't he the one that was targeted on a lot of a lot of those kind of intermediate throws to that former USC receiver uh, Marquise, Marquise Lee? Lee. Um, I, I think a, it was a it was a mix. I think a lot of those slants went to those Lee, were but, all uh, Captain Munlin. Yeah, uh, plays they were out of the slot because Marquise Lee was running the slot position and he was matched up against Munlin for most of the game except for when it was. Mackenzie Alexander committing the long pass interference. I mean call. that that was th- this is way off topic from whatever you brought up, but that pass interference call, if anything, it was OPI because the arm bar was not Mackenzie Alexander's hand. It no. was uh, was was it Lee that they targeted? Let's again? just pretend it's Lee. I'm yeah. not sure if it's him. Or I not. mean, it was. It, it looked like arm bar the other way, and uh, they get that nice. Uh, DPI on um, Alexander, who I thought had great coverage. He looked back for the ball, forced the uh, receiver to the boundary, and uh, got unlucky, I guess. Which is disappointing because he's been on the other side of that, rightly so, a number of times this year where he's has been called for penalties, and he's just it's been blatantly his fault. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to see him. I mean, grow he's, a little learning. Bit he's learning. He's learning. He's he's a rookie in a very complex system that relies on cornerbacks to be good island cornerbacks you know but well yeah you typically in late in the half do not see a rookie cornerback one-on-one with a talented receiver and it's Marquis Lee. yeah he, he was deep he was one-on-one you you shouldn't see that unless the rookie is playing out of his mind and you know and Mackenzie no Alexander has barely been on the field this year yeah so statistically, the defense did well, and in terms of uh, the points that were put on the board again by Jacksonville, they did well. But let's talk about the eye pass. The defense passed the eye test for you this week. Asterisk. 
Yeah, on this I, one. I, I give them a like a B B minus, honestly, because when it counted, if you remember, Carl, me and uh, Carl and I actually were um, watching the game together, and the Vikings, after failing to punch it in one of the many times, gave the ball back to Jacksonville at like the two yard line. There's about maybe a minute ten. Was this the touchback one or was this the? Oh yeah, yeah. It was a touchback, wasn't yeah. it? They fumbled and then mm-hmm. and then they picked it up in the end zone. Right. They have about a minute ten, minute twenty left. And what I what I what I say, Carl? I said the Jaguars are going to get a first down via penalty, which they did. Happened. Yep. And then they are going to tie the game via a field goal right before half. The one right before half was the fourth down stop, so it was yeah. inside. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I because Carl said he said we're getting a safety. I'm like, no, sir. We're gonna. There's gonna be a penalty. They're gonna get a first down. They're gonna get some space, and then they're gonna march right down the field, kick that field goal, tie the game. What happened? What I say? Did it come true? No, because they missed the field goal. Yes. That's semantics, <laughs> but that Jacksonville's clock management on that was just horrible. Also, but um, they missed the field goal. But the the concerning part is that you let a team like Jacksonville go from like the two one two yard line all the way into scoring territory in a minute and ten. Like, what the hell is going on? I like I didn't. I thought we were running our normal defense. Because what 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 happened was first two plays. They run the ball, maybe get two, three yards, just a little bit of breathing room. Mm -hmm. Third down, Blake Bortles throws a deep pass, about a 30-yard pass. Terrible pass. Well, it was a decent pass, but Xavier Rhodes did not get his head wrapped around and was called for a defensive pass interference, Mm -hmm. which was a good play by, let's pretend it was Marquise Lee, because <laughs> what he did was he knew that Xavier Rhodes had his head just still... Or not still, turned yeah. around, yeah. So he made an effort to go back to the ball, even though that wouldn't have gotten him in, anywhere near it. And but that's, that's why I say it was move, a... Knowing that it's, that's an automatic penalty. Right. And then all of a sudden you just get the feeling, oh, shoot, <laughs> here we go again. Right. But luckily they missed the field goal. Right. And that's a Jacksonville move if I've ever seen one. Yeah, they uh, leave about eight seconds left on the clock, kick a field goal and, mo- and miss. And then uh, Cor- this also bugged me. Cordell pa- Patterson could have returned the ensuing kickoff. Like, or the, yeah, the or no, what? We, there, there was another kickoff that he didn't return. That he didn't return, right? Because mm-hmm. he had like a 51-yarder or something like that, a big one. And then there was one where he picked it up at like the – Two yards deep in the end zone and didn't return it. Yeah, it was right. It was right before half. Okay. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was with seconds remaining in the half, and we we're what we were saying with that is, you knew the offense was going to go out and take a knee, mm-hmm. and there's no hope for the offense to try to score score there. But Patterson, percentage wise, eh, yeah, might good, as well give it a know? shot. But mm-hmm. I guess he didn't want to. Which, if I played for the Vikings, I wouldn't want to do much. So wow. let's let's talk about the one unit I think that did certainly did pass the eye test on defense again, and that was the defensive line. Oh yeah, I mean I think mm-hmm. every single member had a very good game. Just yep. quick quick defensive stats here. Hit me. Um, 
stat pack. The uh, Vikings get four sacks for a whopping 27 yards. This is huge when it comes to, um, you know, preventing Jacksonville getting points, field position, etc. Um, the Vikings, on the other hand, give up no sacks, and I think that's more a function of that's Sam, the play calling. Yeah, Sam Bradford getting the ball out of his hands and the play cla- calling. One thing that's, that's starting to become a concern for the Vikings is their third down defense. Jacksonville almost goes 50% on third down. They go 7 for 16 on third down, um, which is just, you would think the Vikings have a good third down defense with how good their defense plays and the blitzes and all the fun stuff that we do on third down, but um, struggled on third down today. And then Minnesota, um, we, we touched on this briefly, but we only go 3 for 11 on third down. Um, and I think at one point we were like 0 for 8 or 1 for 8 or we something We did like not that. get a first down, or we did not have a third down conversion in the first half. And it is really hard to win a football game when you go an entire half without getting a first down. Unless you're playing the Jaguars. Unless you're playing the Jaguars. So... Do you have more stats? Yeah, let me just do my statistical rundown. Well, let's now, let's yeah? save the offensive ones for later. Oh, let's just I have the no defense. more than okay. Well, we'll get to the offenses <laughs> in a little bit. I want to I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball just for a little sure. bit longer. The other news I, that broke this afternoon was uh, it's official now. Shree Floyd has will not play again Yo. for the Minnesota I got, Vikings. I got two words for that, and that's ho hum. That's just a sequel to something we saw last year he and go. the year before. He go. He is gone. He gone. See, I'm actually I'm I'm disappointed. So I mean, he was a part of part of that uh, exciting draft class, and I was I, I especially after we brought Linval in. Mm-hmm. I, I think him lined up next. The two of them lined up next to each other reminded me a lot the Williams of the Williams wall. wall, right? You had you know Linval Pat. Linval, I think, is better than Pat Williams. Yes. Um, has more, yeah, yeah. Has, he has more to his game. He might have been our neighbor, Quinn. And and but, I bagged his groceries. But I, if you look at it objectively, I think Linval is probably a little bit better than Pat Williams. But uh, And then Kevin, I would say, better than Tree Floyd, far, obviously. Far yeah, but yeah. They're the same but type of player. They're the same player. type I, I of player. And, and Floyd, when he was healthy, was good. Right when he was healthy, he was, he was a very, he was very good. So down uh, I, I was really excited about that partnership moving forward. So I'm I'm pretty disappointed. Yes, that is uh, quite disappointing. But you would you guys would agree that there's no chance we pick up his fifth year option. I can't imagine that we would because it's one thing if you are working tirelessly to get back from an injury, but he just really has not, and that and that just tells me that Zimmer wants absolutely nothing to do with this guy yeah it seems like he hasn't really made an effort to get back um i don't know i it, it is a it's a damn shame that he wasn't able to come he'll go he'll go somewhere no, no he'll go somebody will yeah. get a decent as long as he doesn't get injured i mean he's a serviceable defensive lineman but it's just a, it's a shame that he wasn't able to pan out here by the way, and speaking of Vikings players getting injured and going elsewhere, I'd like to make a correction to one of our shows a couple of weeks ago for you stats nerds out there, um, is that Jonathan Sullivan was picked up by the Redskins mm-hmm. uh, about a week and a half into the season and has been with Washington 
ever since then. Really? Um, He's on a roster. He is on a roster. He started a couple games Mm. um, after their starting center went down, and now he's backing that center up. So when we kind of talked about the Vikings potentially going out and getting a lineman, um, I believe we kind of threw out Sullivan's name saying that his career was over, but he is currently on a roster. Great. Good for him. Good for him. I, I do I do like to see him get a job because it was unfortunate how he did have to leave here. Right. So let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. We, of course, talked about uh, our inability to convert on third downs, our inability to convert in short yardage, of course, uh, which it seems to be a Groundhog's Day type of moment where we keep <laughs> trying to get, you know, fourth and one or less with Asiata, and it just doesn't work. Um, but uh, one of the bright spots, I think, again, was was Sam Bradford. Uh, yeah. His, also, his ability to to uh, not take any sacks, and he, he makes his receivers look good. And, and I think they, <laughs> they did him a disservice a little bit. I think there's a number of balls that could have been caught, that that weren't caught by them. The big thing in this game to note is if you go back two weeks and look at that Detroit game, kind of as far downfield as he was getting that football was 10 to 12 yards. He had three plays in the first half that oh, were 40 man. yards downfield. Yep. And if he if Diggs was hit in stride, that would have been about a 60-yard touchdown. But Definitely. R- Rudolph had a long catch. Was it Thielen had the other long yeah. catch? And then yeah, Diggs did. had yeah. one? And those are balls where you do need protection. And granted, Jacksonville's pass rush is... Mediocre at best. Mediocre at best. So I think that was the most encouraging thing to see out of this game is that Sam Bradford can stretch the field. Um, Carl, quickly uh, talk about Thielen and his um, upcoming milestone that that, uh, might be broken here. Yeah, so Thielen, he has 760 yards receiving thus far this season. Uh, if he gets 40 more yards, which I certainly hope he does in, in the next three weeks and crosses the 800-yard threshold, him and Diggs will be the first Vikings receivers since 2001. Two Hall of Famers, Chris Carter and Randy Moss, uh, to have two Vikings receivers that go over 800 yards in a single season. Uh, and what I was saying in the cool earlier is this surprised me a little bit mm-hmm. um, because when we think about the 2009 season, uh, how prolific really? Favre was that uh, I'm sure Rice certainly, I think Rice broke a Rice thousand. Yeah, a thousand. I yeah, can't believe thousand, Percy yeah. Harvin didn't get over well, 800 yards receiving. Percy Harvin, Bernard Berrien, or Vasanti Shanko because right. they were all there and it seemed like they were all getting... Greg Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I was at that game where he caught that really late oh, touchdown. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's great. So, you want to hear the statistical breakdown now? Let's, let's hear it. All right. Step back. Here we go. Statistical breakdown. This game, we have very similar stat lines again. It, it seems like every week we have similar quarterback stat lines. Um, Bradford goes 24 of 34 for 292 yards. Bortles, 23 of 37 for 257 yards. Both have a touchdown. Surprisingly, Bortles doesn't throw that patented interception. Um, he uh, he had a t- couple of tipped balls, a couple of balls that floated <laughs> up there, but uh, Vikings defense wasn't able to get to their hands on it. And he had just s- some awful throws. Oh, yeah, he just did. ducks, just terrible throws. Uh, that the Vikings defense didn't capitalize Reminded on. Reminded me of Christian Ponder. <laughs> um, he might be joining Ponder pretty soon as a backup or out of the league. Um, 
the uh, leading receiver for the Vikings is your Adam Thielen with four over a hundred yards, one hundred and one right? yards. Yeah. yeah, and um, the target for Blake Bortles on this day was not Allen Robinson. Um, it was Marquise Lee. We've brought his name up uh, a number of times, but uh, that's the person he was locked on this whole game. And uh, it was obvious that he was locked on Marquise Lee the whole game, but he has five receptions for 113 yards. So ends up having a pretty good game um, against uh, the Vikings, but I don't think anyone else did anything of much significance. The interesting thing here is that in this game, Blake Bortles goes 23 of 37 for 257 yards. Yep. And two weeks ago, Matt Stafford went 23 of 42 for 242 yards. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Prajapati talked about how having 10 yards per reception is incredibly bad. However, this time we were able to outplay Jacksonville with almost exactly the same quarterback play by both Bortles and Stafford. Well, that's the difference, though, as we put more points on the board. (laughs) You know, if you score more points than the other team, you're going to win. That's my Frank Caliendo doing John Madden. Well, you know, Mr. Juergens here brings up the passing stats. The Lions, I believe, on that day had 10 yards per completion, I believe, on that day. 10.2. Yep. Jacksonville on this day has 6.2 yards per completion. There's a significant difference there. Um, you, you, we're saying completion, not attempt. Yeah. Oh, f- God damn it. All right. Because I just listened Fine. to the podcast yeah, of two yeah, weeks yeah, ago yeah, and we yeah, got yeah, into yeah, that yeah, about yeah. completions yeah, per attempt, attempt and it was 5.5 yeah. that yeah. time and it's 6.2 this time. No, but this, this is wrong. This is per attempt. Yeah. 5.5 yards per attempt last time. 6.2 record has been set straight. Well, I'm glad we cleared the air I'm gonna, there. I'm, I'm, I'm done. This is my last podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Okay, and we're <laughs> replacing you with Ricky. This podcast goes out to Ricky Kylie. Offer officially extended. Ricky doesn't... No, no. Ricky does <laughs> not get to come out. Okay. Minnesota gets 8.6 yards per uh, attempt. Are, what a, is it an attempt now? We can go with either attempt or completion. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, Minnesota and Jacksonville both rushed for 85 yards each. Um, Minnesota on 29 carries um, get 85 yards for a 2.9 per carry versus Jacksonville's on 24 carries, 3.5 yards. That's ugly. So really two bad rushing teams. Um the uh, a big stat that jumps out is a penalty yardage. Minnesota has seven penalties for ninety three yards. Ouch! Um, somehow Jacksonville eclipses that with fourteen <laughs> penalties for one hundred and fourteen yards. Really, for I a total of more than two hundred yards. Wow, I don't remember. They jumped off sides at all. Oh, a, lot. Really? a lot. Yeah, a lot of penalties. And then Minnesota Vikings red zone just uh, abysmal. Yeah, pretty bad. Two for five, forty percent on the. Red zone and Jacksonville converts their one of two tries in the red zone for 50%. So if you're looking at the percentages. And the other one, they had a field goal, correct? Yeah, I think so. I and don't know if they were in the red zone per se. but And the Vikings on their two of five had two touchdowns, a field goal, a fumble, and a fourth down stop. Yes. So yeah. that is easily 
14 more points, or I'll say 12 more points that they should have come away with because Minnesota, per usual. Though I, Kai, Kai has looked very good. Blocked. He's looked solid as a rock. Yeah, he's uh, he's not been bad except for that one just terrible shake on the extra point. Well, it, it, that was bad blocking. It was. It that was, was tipped, wasn't it, it? Was it? Yeah. Oh. That's why he says what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'm gonna blame Clemmings on that one. Is that good with everybody? Yeah. 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 Okay. That. Cool. But um, other than that, we talked about third down. We talked about uh, defensive stats. So there's your statistical rundown. Well, coming up ahead, we've talked about uh, the breakdown for the the rest of the season for the NFC North. But now it's time to broaden our horizons a little bit to really who our true competitors are, which is not the North anymore, unfortunately. That that prize looks to be lost. It's it's the wild card. So shortly we'll be breaking that down. But first, it's time for our double down segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to double down. This is any controversial statement that you would like to say, I am backing up 100%. I am sticking with no matter what anybody else says. So, this week, I'll kick this one off. And I'm going to say that I'm doubling down on the statement that the AFC will win the Super Bowl no matter what, no matter who they send, and no matter who the NFC sends, the AFC is a far superior conference. For my money, the best team in the league is the New England Patriots. With Go pass, baby. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the Michigan best man. Quarterback Let's of go. All- Time. Of all time from Michigan. Let's go. <laughs> the second best team. Don't, wait, sorry. Is... Don't you mean go Pates? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The second best team is the Raiders. With that... Home of the former Michigan man, Charles Woodson. Let's go. <laughs> with that ACDC Amari Cooper Derek Carr connection, that team is fun to watch. I'm on that Raider bandwagon. And the third best team in the league is the Kansas City Chiefs, who despite their lack of flashiness, they just find ways to win. They get no attention. They get no respect from that media. But Andy Reid, the Kool-Aid man, has just <laughs> brought that man. team back to relevance. And now that the Broncos have sh- drifted into <laughs> Trevor Simeon obscurity, I think those three teams are the best in the league. And one of them, for my money, will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And even if it's not one of those three, you're going to be looking at Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl winner, Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm sorry, but the Dallas Cowboys are not that great. I I also don't think the Seattle Seahawks are that great nope. either. Nope. After how Seattle bad sucks. that offensive line has been. They're terrible. Screw Russell Wilson. Yes. And I And Wisconsin for that matter. And Wisconsin. Fuck Wisconsin. Bleep Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh Green Bay may not even make the playoffs. And you just Fingers have... crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers knocking on wood there. Yeah. Live studio audience is going nuts after I said that. Um but they really don't 
the NFC does not have depth, but maybe we could be looking at, like Carl said last week, a New York Giants run in the playoffs because Eli Manning is playing well. What's going on? So a now, world. if I'm not mistaken, you two are teaming up to double down. So, Mr. Bates, Mr. Projopity, what are you doubling down on? Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling strongly in, in my conviction here, and this is a marginally unpopular opinion. I think people are, are split on this because, uh, for some reason... People love draft picks, especially first round draft picks. But uh, you know, we, we've we've seen how that turned out for us this year. But uh, <laughs> that aside, I think that if I had to make the Sam Bradford trade again, hundred percent, I think that is just a, a fabulous, fabulous trade for your Minnesota Vikings. And and here's why: granted, right, you're uh, given. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we just got news. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead, Carl. Go ahead. What 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 news did we just get? No, 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 yeah. The news that we just got from our executive producer, Cam <laughs> Sundin, is that uh, the New England Patriots Baltimore Ravens game is two to nothing. Patriots riveting, riveting. Go ahead, Mister Bates. Sorry, sorry, so, Carl. Here, and here's here's why I feel so strongly that this was a great trade. Look at Jacksonville, for example. No, no. Let's let's run down the teams, just just real quick, who don't have quarterbacks or drafted one high and just didn't have it work out. Yeah. So Jacksonville, Miami, San Francisco, Houston, Miami. I wouldn't qualify as Tannenhill. Tannehill? He has played so he. They've won six out of seven games right now, and Tannehill has had a quarterback rating of over 100 in several of those. He finally has an it's offensive It's one season. Line. Let's just say that. It's okay. one season. I'm he's still, also done for the year. He's, he's going to be back in week either 16 or 17. Potentially, potentially, potentially. No, they confirmed it today. Potentially. All right. So we have Miami Miami on the fence, but still uh, yeah. not a franchise okay. guy, right? Chicago. Chicago, Bills, Jets. Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> Have we said Houston yet? Yes, we said Houston. But let's say Houston again. Yeah, Houston. Houston. Oh, Denver now. Simeon is not. I don't have confidence in Simeon. Paxton Lynch oh is the future. My God. Like, okay, so we we probably named half the almost well, half the. NFL. And I'm sure there's more we're not thinking of. Yeah. Sam and then Fran. on top of that, on top of we that, uh, a lot of the quote unquote elite court. Oh, no, the elite quarterbacks are almost dead. Right, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. God amongst men, but so he's we, 40. We have Brady, Roethlisberger. Breeze. Rivers. Breeze, Rivers. Um, Eli Manning. Rogers. Eli Manning. Rogers is slightly. So we have six. They're all over 30. Right. And, and, and if you look at it, Bree, Breeze is on his last legs. I, I don't think Brady's ever going to quit. But Brady's got at least, yeah, I'm, I'm saying at least three years in him. Yeah, Brady, Brady, but Brady like, seems like he's going to play until he decides that he just doesn't doesn't care anymore. And exactly. But the, for all intents and purposes, there are six, you know, may, maybe throw Russell Wilson in there. Or Andrew Luck. You, yeah, you, can, you, make, know, you can make the case for those guys. But it's just, it's there are a lot more bad quarterbacks in the league than there are serviceable good ones. And and serviceable good ones that are you know under thirty, which Brad Bradford is. So, and the thing is, you need to get to that Flacco 
Alex Smith level to be competitive in right. this league. If you have a quarterback that's worse than either Joe Flacco and Alex Smith, the odds of you making it to the playoffs are slim to, to none. none. Also, did we see the Jets earlier? Yeah, what a we joke. said the Jets. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I you know this is why we're double teaming this is because the Bradford has shown that given protection he can be that Alex Smith type of quarterback and lead a team effectively on offense, um, and he's been durable. For the most part. Um, this season. This season. And only this season. True, true, true. That being said, you know, that trade, I think, is going to end up looking real good. Especially, especially, you know, this is another knock on wood type of thing. But if Bridgewater comes back, we're going to have two guys that can lead offenses. And then we can get all the stuff that we lost in that trade back. And potentially, potentially. This is wishful thinking, but... Because if... So the idea is that either of those guys, if we were to trade them, are kind of like that Matt Schaub, Alex Smith, Matt Castle type of guy who can get kind of that market rate of two number twos. Mm-hmm. And if we had both of them healthy at the start of 2017, which is a bit of a long shot, right. I could see either of them going for two number twos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well and I'll I'll add too You're such an idiot, Quinn. <laughs> that uh you know, breaking it down, let's say the Vikings well, you know, Vikings, let's say they won somehow won the Super Bowl this year, we would be giving up a first and a second. And that's Laquan Treadwell and Mackenzie Alexander. And Frankly, would you rather have Bradford or Laquan Treadwell and Mackenzie Alexander? I think right now you'd rather have Bradford. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because So when the Vikings were 5-0 and and they were undefeated going into the bye, people were saying Sam Bradford was in the MVP discussion because he was leading a team that was undefeated, thought to be out of the playoff hunt because they lost their starting quarterback. And he's stood in there and really been able to carry the team and do more than a game manager typically does. Right. So I think that wraps up our double down here. Um, let's uh, jump into some wild card scenarios. All right, let's talk about some wild card uh, scenarios here. We got a lot of a lot of different scenarios pertaining to the Minnesota Vikings. All uh, pretty much need the Vikings to uh, win out and other highly improbable events to secure a play. Well, and for sure beat the Packers, yeah, which yeah, would be our most likely loss. Exactly. So we have three games left. One against the Colts that we'll we'll preview in a in a second here. Um, the Packers, which is the big one, and then um, the Bears at home to end the season. But um, as as it stands, it looks like Minnesota is fifth in line for the second wild card spot. For all intents and purposes, it looks like the Giants or Dallas are going to get that wild card one. But um, Carl, I think you had a bunch of scenarios that 
<laughs> give the Vikings maybe a glimmer of hope? Yeah, so I mean, as as you said, playoff locks right now are Dallas and the Giants. Uh, Detroit would have to realistically needs to lose all three of their games mm-hmm. for and, us for us to win the division at least. And even if Detroit loses all three games, we still need to get ahead of Green Bay, which will not be an easy task. Right. So again, it, it's looking like we need Bleak. to somehow figure out how to win that second wild card spot. So here, here are our uh, major opposition. Why don't you do like? Because I know you did the one. Why don't you do like the three most likely? Scenarios? Yeah. So because there's some convoluted ones that would make us get to the uh, wild card too, but those seem very, very improbable, if not impossible, but. I think there are three that that made somewhat made sense a little bit. Yeah, so these these are the most. There's a number of scenarios, but here are the most likely ones. So uh, the the first one here is the Vikings win out and the Lions lose out. We would win the division. Uh, the second scenario is uh, the Vikings win out and then two of these following three things happen: either Tampa Bay loses two out of their three games. The Giants lose two out of their three games, and Washington loses one out of their three games. So two of those things would have to happen. That seems doable, especially. And, and I can break down. I'll read the the last one, and then I'll we'll, we'll I'll pull up the schedules for yeah. those those teams in question. Um, and then the last last major um, major scenario is uh, Vikings win two out of the three, including needing to win against Green Bay. So the loss either mm. has to come against the Colts or, or the, the Bears. Bears. And realistically, we really need uh, you know, a Green conference Bay, and yeah. a divisional win. So, I mean, mm. really the only game, only game, you know, if we we could maybe lose against the Colts, maybe. Um, and then um, two of the following three things happen again. Tampa Bay loses all three games, which looks unlikely. They're playing well right now. Giants... Well enough to win one. Right. Giants lose all three games. And Washington lose two out of their three games. So, and and in a lot of these scenarios, you can replace Tampa Bay with Atlanta right. since they're they're close. But in all um, likelihood, it will be Atlanta on top of that division. They, yeah. So here's here's let me break down Atlanta's schedule for you. Atlanta right now is sitting at eight and five, first in the South. Here are the remaining three games: 49ers at home, win, absolutely a win. Yep. We don't need to Panthers at home. That's a win. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Panthers. Home, Pan- no, sorry. Panthers at the Panthers. Oh. That's uh, 50-50. That... 60-40. Yeah. 60-40. And yeah. it's, it's a divisional game, yeah. but uh... I, I'd say 50-50 on that one. And then the Saints win at home. Win, 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 win. Yeah, that the should. Saints be have win. nothing to play for. Breeze has gone back to back three interception. Games. They have looked flat They're in the last apart. two games. All right, we so got Atlanta. That, that has that has Atlanta finishing at ten and six, um, but th- that's worth noting because. We could finish at ten and six. Um, Tampa Bay could still finish ten and six. Then you know we have some odd things happening. But so ten and six, Atlanta. Here is the New York Football Giants. New York Football Giants are currently nine and four, and we do would have the head and head tiebreaker there because we beat them earlier this season. Back in our previous season of pre bye week. So and then on top of this, uh, the Giants play at home against the Lions. We really need both of these teams to lose. Let's get them a tie. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think that helps us. <laughs> I think uh, where is that game? It's at the Meadowlands. I, I would rather see Detroit win that game because the odds of us winning the division are so slim, Already. and that also gets that also decreases Green Bay's. You'd chance of like winning. the Lions to win, but I think the Giants win this one in the Meadowlands, especially with Stanford's hand injury. And and I'll add here, the Giants have a very tough schedule here. The last two games are away from home. Mm. Week sixteen at the Eagles in Philadelphia. Ooh, that's, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun <laughs> so game. So I'm gonna say Philadelphia wins that game. Um, if for no other reason that Philadelphia always finds a way, or should I say New York always finds a way to lose to Philadelphia late in the season. It happened with that famous Deshaun Jackson punt return. That was great. It happened with the famous um, fumble that Herm Edwards returned for a touchdown. That Miracle led, with the That led to a new play and formation called the QB Neal and the victory formation being created. I'm saying the Giants lose that game. All right, fine. So they're one and one. And the last game is away from home in the nation's capital against the Washington Redskins in a game that's probably meaningful for both teams. Ooh. I'd say that's about the definition of that's a toss-up. That's a 50-50. That's a 50-50, baby. I like Eli Manning more than I like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and, and Kirk Cousins sucks. Both of them have the potential of turning out a great game and just a god-awful steaming pile of garbage. Did we say Eagles? Did we have Eagles win the last one, or did we have yeah. the Giants no, winning? we have one and one, so the Giants winning We're, against the Lions. And so it'd be 10-5 and five, uh, yeah. going into week, week 17. Yeah, and then a toss-up on... So they could be ten and six or eleven and five. Yeah, I could see it going either way. For it's very hard to call. So again, well, we have we a very call? again a very crowded <laughs> top, uh, very crowded end of the season. Yeah. As we talked about earlier, yeah. possibility of a lot of nine and sevens, uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of ten in the and north. Six. Now there's a lot of ten a lot and six in the NFC. <laughs> okay, here is the remaining schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are tied in. In terms of their schedule with the Atlanta Falcons, though they have lost the tiebreaker, um, and they're eight and five. They play next week in Arlington at the Cowboys. Ooh, I'd I'd say they that's play a the loss. Cowboys well though. And on top of that, Tampa Bay's defense is looking. Oh, very we're not sound. talking about Washington. Um, we're talking about Tampa Bay. That's a loss. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. I that's that's going to be a game that'll be close, but I do think that's yeah, going to be talking about Washington. Sorry. a loss. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, week sixteen, they head south east and they go to New Orleans. They go to the Superdome. That's a win. I I thought the Lions would lose in the Superdome. The the Saints are hapless, man. I don't know. They they won at home last time around to the Saints, but it was a close game. No. And the Saints were knocking a little bit at no, the end of the game. No, no, Saints are hapless. That that could be one of those games where Jameis Winston really proves that he's an NFL quarterback, elite and or not elite. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's quite on that elite not elite level, but it's top um, tier or not top tier. It's it's like uh, back when Nicole and I went to a preseason game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and Nicole <laughs> was talking so much trash. It's his it's his opportunity to prove. The hate is wrong. Yeah, I think he wins the game. I, I mean, the Saints, they're just not good. All right, so going into Week 17, they're at 9-7, and seven, 
and they finish at home in the warmth of Tampa St. Pete's. Are they nine and six or eight? Nine and six, yes. Okay. Against Carolina. I'd say that that should should be a win. win, Yeah, at home. Unless Cam Newton remembers that he was the same person who went fifteen and one, but I still don't see that. I think no, he probably has that all concussed out of him. You know, doesn't remember that. Sad but true. Playing on the play. Week two. So they also finish at ten and six. Great. How about Washington? Now Washington, you have to remember, has a tie, so they make things oh weird. Oh my god. And so they, they're currently seven five and one. God damn it! So ties <laughs> next week. They go to Carolina and play the Panthers. No, no, sorry. At home, they're playing the Panthers. Oh, they'll win that game. They'll win that game. Yeah, it looks like Luke Kuechly is probably still going to be out. Okay. Yeah, then I, I'd give that to the Redskins. Next, then they have a tough, tough, tough matchup. They go into Soldier Field and playing the Bears. That better be a win. It's going to be a win. And then they finish the season at home against the Giants, as we've talked about, which we gave gave us a push. So, and going in again to <laughs> ten and six. week 17, no. they would be 10, 5, and 1. 10, 5, 10, and, five one. and 1, yeah. Okay, great. <sighs> no, right. they'd be 9, nine 5, and 1 nine, going five. into week 17. Nine, well, mm, oh, yeah. going yep. into, but they yep. could end 10, 5, and 1. No. Well, the Giants could end... Well, yeah, the Giants, if the Giants lose that game, ten as we would say, they'd be 10 and 6. Oh, my God. So another, okay, great. Next, Green Bay. I didn't pull Green Bay up, but okay, I, well, I can so pull Green Bay we up. We should remember Green Bay, I'm already forgetting. Something Vikings-Lions. Yep, and as I recall, Green Bay is matchup. Not Jacksonville. Houston? No, they, they played Houston two weeks ago. So uh, Green Bay is currently 7-6. and six. We have the tiebreaker currently. They have three divisional matchups to conclude the season. Oh, they're Dang. at Chicago. They're at Chicago, at home, against, at home against the Vikings, toss. and at the Lions. Win-win toss. I say that Aaron Rodgers wins the game at Detroit um, just because it's it's Aaron Rodgers going against the Detroit Lions. So what Lions. does that end them at? That would end them at 10-6. Uh, and six. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So you're saying they went out? I, I'm saying the Packers went out. Win yes. win. I, I'm saying win win toss up, but leaning win out. Yep. Well, I have absolutely zero idea who wins all these tiebreakers. We're not going into that. That that would be way too complicated. But here's what we do know: it's not going to be the Vikings, right? So I say, I honestly, I think the Vikings go win loss win. We end nine and seven. Then correct? Correct. Oh, the one team, the one odd man out, um, nine and seven, out of the playoffs without the first round pick, or a fourth round pick. Or a fourth but round pick. on the plus side, that fourth round pick didn't turn into a second round pick. Mm. Well, technically, the fourth round pick is not this draft, upcoming but, draft, yes. but the year after. Yep. So, oh, sweet, nice. We could win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that covers the wild cards talk. Um, but long story short is we're not making the playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 going to be, like I said, we need to win out, and we need a lot of highly improbable things to happen for us to uh, sneak in there. So one interesting thing for the NFC in particular 
is the turnover of playoff teams, which we just haven't seen to the same degree in recent years. Mm -hmm. So when last year the division winners were Carolina, they're not making the playoffs. Arizona, they're not making the playoffs. Minnesota. Minnesota. In all likelihood, we will miss the playoffs and... Seattle. No, 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 no. Well, the division winners... Was uh, it? Oh, Washington, Washington, won. and they will not win that division. So all four divisions will have new uh, champions this year. Um, That's stupid. We should have repeated. All right, <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, it's it's incredible. I mean, that it speaks to the parity in the NFL, definitely. Yep. But uh, and you have teams like Tampa Bay who. We could see being competitive for a while. Potentially, we have teams like Washington, which could be anywhere from Abysmal. eleven and five to seven and nine, and nobody yeah. would be really surprised. Nope. And one thing that we had kind of touched on earlier, and I really want to pose to you guys, is with all of these quarterbacks being so old and kind of the lack of the young quarterback class, you saw kind of the era of two thousand and five, two thousand and six to about this year being the era of you need an elite quarterback to win, is the league shifting from that elite quarterback mentality to an elite defense mentality? Because teams have been winning so much more with having that dominant defense as of late than they have with that elite quarterback. That's a great question. So, I mean, if you look at the last couple teams that have have won the Super Bowl... yeah. It, it actually has been the elite defenses. Yeah. Well, let's look. Patriots, two years ago. Besides, besides But besides the look? Patriots, well, last year would be uh, would be Manning's last year in and Denver. Denver, Denver defense. great defense. And they won in spite of Peyton Manning, not because of him. Right. And then so the year before, let's not forget. Then you also have the Seattle dynasty, which is defense. Well, We're yes, not giving but that to let's Russell not forget Wilson. the Patriots won when they had Revis on one side, Browner on the other. You got... Um, Big Dogs, Ninkovich, um, Mayo, and Collins. Yep. That's a stacked defense. And Will yep. Fork was still there. And Will Fork. And Will yeah, Fork. Yeah. yeah. And and the Patriots had just the Patriots were an incredibly complete team. Yeah. And obviously that's going to help when you have Tom Michigan man Brady. Best of all time. The goat. Captaining well, and there were, your team. There were no other quote unquote names on that offense no. besides Brady. No. Gronk. Um, well, you, you know what we mean. Right? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And all, but just consider the 2006 Indianapolis Colts that had a prolific offense driven by Peyton Manning, but a historically bad defense yeah. that allowed, I believe at the time, it may have been a the most yards, yeah, a billion yards in history. <laughs> precisely, my my stats expert is telling me. Yeah. Precisely a billion. A billion. No, I mean, I, I think I, <laughs> I think actually the Colts are a prime example of how yeah. the league has changed because yeah. they've been trying to recreate that 2006 season I mean, ever good since defenses. then, where they're you know they have luck and they're neglecting their defense year after year after good year. Good defenses are really fun to watch too, like like defense that can get after a quarterback and like stop quarterbacks. Or it's really fun to watch when the other team doesn't want to run the ball. You know, like mm-hmm. just into the gut when the other team wants to pass like the league has wanted to pass and seeing a defense just shut down a passing offense. That's fun to watch. Yeah. And 
You've got guys like Breeze and Rivers who are just drifting into obscurity. Right. You've got Roethlisberger who, even with the numbers that he has put up, he, he it was only good enough for a wild card berth last year. And right. teams like Cincinnati, who was a defensive-driven team that had A.J. Green when they needed it. Um, Don't forget about my boy Tyler Eifert. <laughs> Tyler Eifert. There you go. That led them to, I believe, it was a nine and zero or a ten and zero start before Andy Dalton got hurt last year. So we could be seeing a real resurgence, paradigm shift <laughs> to the defense, like we haven't seen in decades. It's yeah. a great point, Gwen. That's a good way to put a bow on this uh, playoff segment. Next up will be our flag on the play. All right, so I lied. We're not doing a flag on the play. We have no flags. It's a penalty-free podcast. Upon further review, there was no flag on the play. There we go, but we will move to the Indianapolis Colts coming to the People's Stadium. The People's Stadium that gives away seats to the rich and famous. That stadium. They come to the stadium to play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, Andrew Luck coming to town with that Colts team that isn't looking great. <laughs> this this should be a win. And it's something that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago was that with guys like Bortles and Luck on the schedule, they're guys that are very, very prone to making mistakes. And our defense has been opportunistic all year long. I think, and the Colts do not have a good offensive line. I think our dominant three defensive ends will be able to get to them. This this sounds like you're leading into a prediction there, Quinn. It, it what, does. What's your prediction? I think Bradford will be good for about 250 yards, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, and that'll be good enough for a Minnesota 21-13 to 13 win. Nice. 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 How about you, Carl? Yeah, for me, again, it comes down to uh, how dominant. What and To me, it's what degree of dominant our defensive line is going to be. Mm-hmm. If they totally take over the game, um, we're, we're going to dominate it. If if they're just uh, good, Sorry, that's my phone. It, uh, it, it could be closer. And again, it, it really will come down to our ability to convert um, key plays. You want to start that again? I think that got picked up. My Siri or whatever. Damn so, it, Siri. Yeah, yeah. I can start over. <laughs> yeah, sorry. All right, I'll, I'll just lead you in. How about you, Carl? How about that? Good? All right, that's a good prediction there, Quinn. How about you, Carl? Yeah, for me, you know, as, as I've been saying, to me it comes down to what degree of dominant our defensive line is going to be. You know, if they're just good, the game is going to be closer than it, it really should be. Um, but if they're, they're truly dominant, I mean... <laughs> Lux is going to have a long day. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be a lot of sacks. There's not going to be a lot of points for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, what I will say is I, I, I see it being a very similar game to the Jacksonville game. I think they're, those teams are similar. The only difference is uh, Bortles sucks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And But otherwise, they're, they're pretty similar teams. They have good wide receivers, and the rest of the team is crappy. Um, and to me, if the Vikings are able to turn a couple early drives into touchdowns instead of field goals, mm-hmm. 
it's going to be a cakewalk. There if they go. can't, uh, it's going to be a nervous <laughs> game again for your Vikings, as uh, you think they're going to be able to find. They're going to find some way to lose. You got a score there, Carl? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to decide how bold, mm. how bold go, to be. Go big or um, go home. Yeah, I'm predicting a a 22 to 10 win. All right, all on field goals. So, so it's does that check. math check out? No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could have twenty one, seven field goals, or you could have twenty one and then a safety. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Wait, no, no. no. <laughs> no safety be twenty. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. didn't say the second half of what I was going to say. All right, I'm keeping it twenty two ten. Twenty two ten, with winning just by field goals. Official error that gives them twenty two. Yes. Okay. All right. I can, I can I live did. with that. I dig. I dig. All right. My turn. So the Minnesota Vikings have a great defense. We've established that. But they have a terrible red zone offense. We have also established we've, that. We've established that. <laughs> so the Indianapolis Colts have a terrible defense, terrible offensive line. On paper, it looks like the Vikings are just going to run right over these guys, right? Yeah. 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 Well, we're not going to run over them. We might be able to pass pass over over them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my prediction. The Vikings go into the red zone 10 times. Eight of those times we are stopped at the goal line on fourth down goal line stands where Asiata runs up the middle but is stopped. Goal line stands. Of those eight, Indianapolis gets two field goals off game, uh, off off uh, field goal kicks from drive starting at the two-yard line. Okay? So they have six points. The Vikings next two... They decide to get creative and throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph. One breaks the record. Breaks of, the record. All yeah. right. And number two throws the ball to Red Ellison uh. for a nerve-wracking fourteen. No, no, thirteen <laughs> to <Yum>. six <laughs> victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Got to acknowledge that missed extra point. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's about all we have for you. So thanks for tuning in, Purple Nation. And join us next week where we will discuss how American Samoa has the greatest export of football players per capita in the entire nation.